0: Hi, it's Davana and welcome to Spilling the Tea. I feel like this one's going to be one of the more loaded talks on Spilling the Tea. It'll cover a little berry that was banned in the U.S. until 2003, and go into the Gospel of Witches, which is on the list of books that I think every witch should read, and how Aradia inspired our Gospel of Witches Tea. Settle in, because this is going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride. Where do we start first? with the witchy stuff. But of course, how do you rank something as being like most witchy to kinda witchy to sorta witchy to witchy? I mean, it's kind of hard to rank this. All right, so we'll just kind of start from the beginning. Our Arradia tea is not the first tea I've ever made? The first tea I ever made was actually when I was three. I was in a kiddie pool in late summer, early fall, It's about that time of year when the weaker leaves just start pulling away from the trees. I was in the backyard with my baby puppy at the time. She was an American Eskimo I named Daffy. Sometimes I called her my daffodil or Daffy Duck. This is all important because it kind of sets the mood. American Eskimo dogs have kind of long fluffy hair and they're known shutters. Keep that in mind. And it's an all white dog too. Gotta set the mood here. So the leaves are lightly pulling away from the trees. There's a puppy in a kiddie pool with her three-year-old human and that human swore she was making leaves in the kiddie pool. I even had little teacups to make it official. Bang, 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 bang on the front door of our little house. It was our particularly nosy neighbor, Mr. Taylor, who just had to rush over to tell my mom that I was in the backyard drinking dirty dog pool water. My mom came out angrily, asking what I was doing, to which I replied, making tea. I mean, what else would a three-year-old in a kiddie pool with leaves and water and a dog do? I mean, seriously. Don't really remember what happened next, but I'm pretty sure that's how my tea journey began. By the way, maple leaves do make a lovely tea, but they probably work better when you're not doing them in a kiddie pool with a dog. Just saying. And I promise you that none of the teas that I make are made in kiddie pools with dogs. In fact, they're away from my dogs and from the cats. Just to throw that in there. So fast forward to last year. We had our second annual witches tea party that we weren't able to hold this year because of COVID. I wanted to try my luck at blending an herbal tea. I've always taken tea bases and added various herbs and flowers. I used to do these chakra workshops and part of the chakra workshops was blending herbs with a tea base called chakra gold that I get in my Hindu shop. Never really sold them though. Never really put them out for sale either. Just didn't have a whole lot of confidence in them because you have a whole lot of friends who are taking a class that's kind of cheap and of course they're going to say yeah yeah this tea is great even if maybe it's not so great because believe me I, I know in the beginning it was okay, but not quite marketable at that point. One of my favorite teas that I've always made is my Marianne birthday. Oh, I'm a sucker for a really good Earl Grey. And when you put a blend of flowers that I have and mix that with Earl Grey, oh, it's like what I would imagine Paris in the springtime looking like. It's a tea experience, which is what happens when I try to blend these teas together, is I try to make a tea experience. So back to Aradia. The idea was to create a tea that looked very witchy and gothic, but also of course it has to taste good and have some healing properties in it too, and be seasonally appropriate with fall flowers and herbs. So it started with hibiscus. My grandmother's house, which is now my house, has this hibiscus with these gigantic dinner plate blooms. They're just huge and they're gorgeous and, they're usually going till right about now as long as we haven't had a really hard frost so that was part of the inspiration i also love that hibiscus when you put it in hot water It turns the water red and it keeps that red coloring through a lot of different other elements that you can add in the tea so it's not one of those that gets diluted to where you can't tell what the color is unless you're putting in some kind of really really dark black tea without any other kind of accoutrements to it so of course we put the hibiscus in there it also has a lot of heart healthy benefits And with the season change, people, blood pressures, you're starting to get to the holiday season where maybe you're not eating all the best foods, you got all this candy and stuff going on. Hibiscus is a really good one to help you detox. It's definitely important for this time of year. Hibiscus does have an odd lingering flavor though so you have to put something else in it to balance that out a little bit so i added yarrow i've grown yarrow for about as long as i've had the hibiscus and the yarrow is still blooming oddly enough even after a couple of frosts but of course we haven't had that hard frost yet so gotta bring the yarrow in to protect it yarrow went in because of all of yarrow's properties yarrow is wonderful for love drawing yarrow is a great wound healer it's a protective and healing plant it's great for the blood flow and of course you know halloween stuff you see all the gothic blood flow it just it resonated in my head and that's why yarrow was put in there so yarrow it is Finally what we added in was Dittany of Crete, and Dittany of Crete is one of those that this time of year is the best time to pick it, but it only grows in Greece. So I don't grow Dittany of Crete. A really good substitution is oregano. but. I really didn't want to throw something I would put on a pizza or pasta into a tea. I may have drank some pretty odd teas in my lifetime, including the tomato tea in Germany when I was 15. I'm still trying to figure out what all was in that tea. All I know is it's tomato and corn, but it was really good. It's like a salsa tea and I've tried to find it everywhere and I can't. No matter what I do, can't find this tea. Someday I will, and I will be a very, very happy person once I do. So, originally, all those three the Didney of Crete, the yarrow, and the hibiscus went into the tea. And it was lovingly named Aradia after rereading the book The Gospel of Witches. I loved the red color, but yeah, the flavor was a little odd. So after the tea party, despite that the guests didn't like it, I needed to revamp it a little bit. So here's what we did. We added elderberry. And elderberry, of course, is one of our BFFs right now with cold and flu season. And there were murmurings that maybe it needed to be, slightly sweetened so we added in some dried cherries and then added in the dried cranberries because I wanted to make sure that we kept that lovely red flavor despite the different things that we were adding in and plus keep those heart healthy benefits too so then I sat back and I thought about what else could we add to it we've got dried cherry dried cranberry we've got the hibiscus the yarrow the Dittany of Crete we also added rose hips what would be the perfect base for this. <laughs> That's where the black currant came in. So black currant is full of scandal. It was actually banned here in the U.S. back in 1911, making it truly the forbidden fruit. Why? Well, in the 1700s, there was a Lord Weymouth, and he began shipping white pine seedlings to the UK, which started the whole logging industry over there and then they shipped the seedlings over to Germany. And in between that England to Germany thing, this weird, what they call blister rust, started happening on the pine trees, and it only affects pine trees. So they're having this issue going on over there, and this Lord Weymouth, he's like, um I think I may have shipped too many trees over, guys. Can you ship some of them back? The trees have gotten diseased, though. So when they came back over here and we planted them, all of a sudden, all of the trees that were replanted, plus the ones that were already there, they got infected with this blister rust. Understand what this blister rust is. It is a weird disease that happens, like I said, only to pine trees. And it's like a fungus. And it's this weird, like, yellow color. This is... A weird fungus that only seems to attach to the black currants but it doesn't seem to affect them to the point to where it grows this funky stuff on there like it does with the pine trees and it's very very contagious so you see by bouncing back and forth and back and forth there it also grows on like gooseberries and all forms of currants actually so you have these diseased black currant bushes and brushing up against them with the pine seedlings gets the disease on the pine seedlings. The pine seedlings then go over to Germany where they infect the pine trees that are there. They come over here and they start infecting everything here. So next thing you know, all of these trees are damaged because of this blister rust. Now, scientists back in the day didn't quite understand what was happening. I mean, this is the 1700s. Science wasn't exactly very advanced back then. But here's the kicker. It took them 200 years to form some sort of conclusion, and with that, all of the black currant bushes were ripped out and then burned and farming regulations were put in place so that we couldn't grow them any longer. This was incomplete, at best, scientific knowledge, but of course, you know, let's find the easiest culprit to blame. Sort of doing, I don't know, maybe a little research, who knows. It took a New York senator in 2003 to push for the reversal of the ban, and now we have black currants back in the U.S. The catch is now that black currants cannot be actively farmed where there are pine tree farms because of the contagious nature of the disease. And this was all set forth not because if there was any kind of problem or toxicity with black currants, but all because of the logging and lumber industry. And believe me, people have tried over the last 200 years or so to bring black currants back to the U.S., but they tried all kinds of things, even going down the whole tomato thing. Remember, you know, early medieval days, they thought tomatoes were toxic because the acid and tomato reacted poorly with the lead plates. Yeah, they tried that whole thing back then. It's like, no, there's absolutely no toxicity in blackcurrants, especially when people overseas in Europe have been drinking blackcurrant tea and reaping the health benefits for over 200 years. So blackcurrants are kind of like grapes. They have leaves like grapes, but they grow like a shrub and not a vine full of vitamin C and polyphenols like black tea, which is awesome. And you can get black currant syrup imported, but the made importer changed their sweetener to like an aspartame based sweetener. So it tastes really chemically bleh right now. Black currants make great jellies and jams, as well as using the berries to dye fabric is a beautiful, deep fuchsia color. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's just, if you were to Google black currant fabric dye and see the colors that come out, it makes a beautiful natural dye. It's incredible to see. Black currant tea is full of many health benefits, which again, Europeans have been able to enjoy for 200 years while we were forbidden which is why it made adding to this particular tea so perfect because there's always some oppressor keeping you from the things that are good for you to fulfill their selfish gains. The suppression of magic and witchcraft is full of stories like that. The book, The Gospel of Witches, tells a similar tale. When Diana had to pass down the lessons of the craft to her daughter, Aradia, just make sure you skip the part that Aradia was born of her mother Diana and her mother's brother, her uncle, because I'd rather not get all wrapped up in that part, because The Gospel of Witches is a very good book, and it's very important to read. Aradia is taught how to bring the magic to the people. Her mother Diana, yes, that Diana, the goddess Diana, that Diana, She taught Aradia how to talk with spirit, how to find hidden treasures and ruins, how to invoke the spirits of the holy people who died leaving these treasures. Aradia was taught how to understand the voice of the wind, how to change water into wine, how to read cards and palms, how to cure diseases, how to tame wild beasts, and how to make the beautiful ugly. Glamour spell. Does all of this sound oddly familiar? It really is. I know I've read about this somewhere. In the Gospel of Witches, the author, Charles Godfrey Leland, spins a tale that he was told by Tuscany witches of how Oradia was sent as a female messiah to Earth to support the witches in their fight against the Catholic Church. The timeline fits because all of this was supposed to take place about the same time as the Malleus Maleficarum in the 1400s. And all my teas have stories like this, which is what I've been telling weekly in the Spilling the Tea podcasts. Some of them are juicier than this one, so if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, please do. It does give you time off of Facebook where you can sit back and meditate on the words, which provides a great escape and some self-care time. We all need self-care time, right? Now normally I would close the podcast with mentioning to listen to Leanne on Sundays for her weekly Astrocast, which happens at 8 o'clock. She breaks down what's going on in the stars for each sign to give you a blueprint of the fuckery of the week and how to combat it. I also talk about how there's a new Magical Musings every Tuesday that goes up. And then I had some sort of shout out to a friend in the Magical community done this for the last eight weeks now this week makes number nine and this week i wanted to send some love again to our friend jack and his wider circles podcast on anchor he already surpassed anything i could ever do with my shows his shows have been phenomenal so if you have a chance to listen to wider circles on anchor please do and if you're needing some halloween help i know it's like a week away but even a last ditch effort matters our friend Roxanne Rhodes wrote a book that you can get on Amazon called Pumpkins and Party Themes, which is pretty decent with 50 easy ideas, you know, to, if nothing else, stage a pretty awesome backdrop for videos and pics. Since parties shouldn't be happening right now, thanks to COVID, I mention this because she was also a little bit of the inspiration with this tea as well which you can get on our website at WitchesTeaFlint.com or in our Etsy store at witchesteaflint. So it's our weekly shout outs. This is usually where I tell you to have a great week, to stay safe and stay healthy, which I am saying now, but I also wanted to take the time to read a couple of excerpts from the book, Aradia, Gospel of Witches. Diana was greatly loved by her brother Lucifer, the God of the sun and of the moon, the God of light and splendor, who was so proud of his beauty and who for his pride was driven out of paradise. Diana had by her brother a daughter to whom they gave the name Aradia, also known as Herodias. In those days, there were on earth many rich and many poor. The rich made slaves of all the poor. In those days were many slaves who were cruelly treated. In every palace, torturers. In every castle, prisoners. Many slaves escaped. They fled to the country. Thus, they became thieves and evil folk. Instead of sleeping by night, they plotted escape and robbed their masters and they slew them. So they dwelt in the mountains and forests as robbers and assassins, all to avoid slavery. Diana one day said to her daughter Aradia, "'Tis true indeed that thou a spirit art, but thou weren't born but to come again, a mortal. Thou must go to earth below to be a teacher unto women and men, who fain would study witchcraft in thy school. Yet like Cain's daughter, thou shalt never be, nor like the race who have become at last wicked and infamous from suffering, as the Jews and wandering Zingari, who are all thieves and knaves, like unto them ye shall not be. And thou shalt be the first of which is known, and thou shalt be first in all the world. Thou shalt teach the art of poisoning, of poisoning those who are great lords of all. Thou shalt make them die in their palaces, and thou shalt bind the oppressor's soul with power, And when ye find a peasant who is rich, then ye shall teach the witch, your pupil, how to ruin all his crops with tempest dire, with lightning, and with thunder, and with hail and wind. And when a priest shall do you injury by his benedictions, ye shall do to him double the harm and do it in the name of me, Diana, queen of which is all. And when the priests or the nobility shall say to you that you should put your faith in the Father, Son, and Mary, then reply, Your God, the Father, and Maria are three devils. For the true God, the Father, is not yours. For I have come to sweep away the bad, the men of evil. All will I destroy. Ye who are poor suffer with hunger keen, and toll in the wretchedness, and suffer too full oft imprisonment, yet with all ye have a soul, and for your sufferings ye you shall be happy in the other world, but ill the fate of all who do ye wrong. Now when Aradia had been taught, and taught to work all the witchcraft, and how to destroy the evil oppressors, she imparted it on her pupils, and said unto them, When I shall depart from this world, whenever ye need of anything, once a month, when the moon is full, ye shall assemble in some desert place, or in a forest, and all join together to adore the potent spirit of your queen, my mother, great Diana. She who fain would learn all sorcery yet has won. Its deepest secrets then my mother will teach her, in truth, all things yet unknown. And ye shall all be freed from slavery, and ye shall all be free in everything. And as the sign that ye are truly free, ye shall be naked in your rights. Both men and women also. This shall last until the last day of your oppressors shall be dead, and ye shall make them game of Benevento, extinguishing all the lights, and after that shall hold your supper thus. She goes on to talk about how to consecrate your meals and how to take meal and salt and honey and water, which basically makes sabbat cakes, and to form them into a crescent. If you haven't gotten a copy of Aradia Gospel of Witches, I highly recommend you add that to your Kindle library. It's a fairly easy read and it's full of great information. Thanks again for joining me on Spilling the Tea. Have yourself a wonderful day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and vibrate higher.